0: Welcome to the Wraparound Love podcast, where you will hear the very difficult stories behind why people make the choices that they do. As we share these stories, you will be inspired by how the love of God transformed each person's life when individual Christians chose to consistently engage by simply being someone who gave what we call wraparound love. Welcome back to the Wraparound Love Podcast. My name is Janine Wagner, and I'm here with my friend, Barbara Robinson. Barbara, hello. How has your week been?
1: Very busy. Very busy.
0: Yes, you are like super mom, super grandma, super employee, the whole scene. Hmm. She has no words.
1: That's not what they say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, before we get into... The rest of the podcast, we've got some cleanup from last week. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, people are not enjoying our cliffhangers. But what? I'm saying it's like the 1980s when, you know, it'd be like, it'd be the end of the season. And they're showing the fawns, He's jumping over the shark. And you don't know if he's going to make it or not. And you're not going to find out until after Labor Day.
1: Or when... You watch Dynasty. You remember Dynasty? Yes. Yeah, you remember Dynasty? Or even Young and the Restless. They'll come back the next day, but they won't come back on that drama.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're old school. So we're just here for the cliffhanger. So we apologize for that. Okay, the other thing is that we have to follow up on. So when you were talking about the fight that happened at the courthouse, Uh you you said someone came up and they said you're about to find out what that 5 is about no they
1: said what that 5 be like That's what, what that said.
0: 5 be like
1: yeah what the heck does that mean that stands for that stands for the south family group that the number 5 i guess is so each neighborhood has either a street or a number and so i guess their number is 5 you know, I don't, I'm not from South Omaha. I don't get too close with them. I don't know a street over there that is a five. Maybe it's the five star that's on their hat when they wear their hat. I, I could not know because they wear the SF. So I, the five though is them. I've heard so, them say it numerous times. So you don't even know what it means. I know that it's represents them but I don't know what it represents. Like, Murder Town has 19th Street. That's because it's off of 19th Street. What's Murder There's, Town? Murder Town is the neighborhood that I was born and raised in.
0: So who calls it Murder Town? The hood. It's called Murder Town. It's the name of the
1: hood.
0: Why, why is it called Murder Town?
1: That's what they, they named it. Wow.
0: So when you were growing up, was it called Murder Town?
1: Um when I was growing up, no, it was just called the neighborhood when I when the gang banging came, they first called themselves Commercial Ave and then they named themselves Murder Town.
0: So that's the name of the group, the hood, yeah. The hood. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm really showing my ignorance. So so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. So cuz I asked you what the five thing meant and so I've been walking around telling my family you're about to find out what that three is like. Because <laughs> the, the way Trinity, I understood it was it's, that it's just, you give yourself a number. So I'm like, you're about to find out what that three is like.
1: And what is your three mean?
0: I don't know. I didn't know it was supposed to mean anything. It's just a number I picked.
1: No, it has to represent something.
0: Uh, if it represents the Trinity, the okay. father, the son, and the Holy spirit. So when I go up to my family and I say, you're about to find out what that three is like because God loves you. I'll add that in.
1: Yeah. Say that. Okay, there you go. Because okay. um, on a on a serious, serious like anybody who would be from the hood, if they're listening to this, they may be getting a little irritated with me for one for even saying it. And they'll be like, oh, she's exposing too much and even kind of joking with it but I've been around long enough and I've done um, my due diligence and I've did my time and I want to change the way we think about things. And I know that we can, we have to think about the number of children we have that we're risking versus what the number for the hood mean. Don't get me wrong. Even though I know God has come in and saved my life, and then God carried me through that ignorant time, I don't forget that time. I don't forget those people who was there, who was risking their life, who was doing things, who we cried together, we sat together, who we still will cry together, who we still may sit together. Uh, We just don't indulge in the same things. Uh, I always have respect for that because you have to know about that life to be able to respect it. And you can really do some changing of that life if you've really been through it. And if you have a voice that is bold enough, the way God has given me my voice, I'm going to educate and I'm going to push for the change. And I don't mind talking in front of whatever platform to help get that change.
0: And so do you have faith after everything you've gone through, everything you've seen, and even things you're experiencing today that we haven't gotten into yet, that change can happen. You still believe that?
1: I believe that just like with gangs, with church people, with business people, with religious people, with spiritual people, gangs, all of these things can can change, but everybody's not going to change. Everybody's not going to turn around and give their life. And everybody's not going to turn around and drop their gun down. Everybody's not. There's some people who live and die for it. And you can't change that. And on that hand, I can't do nothing but respect that and say, you know, my prayers are with you. I'm not against you. And if they ever need anything, if I have it, if, I, if I'm able to point them in the right direction, then get it. I still have to show them what God has changed in me because it wasn't that long ago that I was right back by their side.
0: I think that's just really good advice in general for so many things right now because people just see the problems in front of them and they just feel so huge. And it's and really what you're saying is focus on what people that are open at the moment to be changed. Don't get overwhelmed by what's not going to change or people who are not ready to change, but be open and available to them also, but don't feel responsible for that.
1: Yep. And also, if you have a way to help, if you can say yes to something that you normally say no to out of safety and precaution and being guarded, say yes sometimes to help somebody, even though they come from a way different area, different background. We all live the same. We all bleed the same.
0: That's really good. Well, we could end it there, but I know people want to know What is the next part of this story? So where we left it, the mistrial had been declared. But I want to talk a little bit about something that was going on in the courtroom that we did not get to, and that is when you read articles about the trial. There's this suggestion. Well, it's not a suggestion. It's it's stated that there was a witness that seemed like they were hesitating and they would not name Charles as the shooter. And then in the second trial, that same person did name Charles as the shooter. So in the first trial, there's definitely, as you read the articles, a suggestion that's going along with this narrative that there are, they won't come out and say it's your family, but that there are, people tampering with witnesses and tampering with the trial. What happened in that first trial with that witness who would not name Charles as the Shooter?
1: I, you know, that young man is still around and out in Omaha to this day. And what he says is that they were going, that his friend was going to go down for it. So he blamed it on someone and that the younger person could get it because there was someone else. Like normally, if a young person is charged with something, they go to juvenile court. So people have been known to take advantage of that.
0: So what you're saying is that the people that were there that night, whoever knows who the real shooter was, they made the decision. Charles agreed that he would take the blame for the shootings, the murders. Is that right?
1: I can't say that my son agreed. What I can say is what this boy is saying is that they were going to blame that the police was trying to arrest his friend. His friend was caught on his way. And, you know, I don't want to speak ill of this young man. This young man has since been murdered himself. But he was caught by the police on his way out of town with blood on his shoes. And he was dressed in the attire that they described as the shooter. So he was stopped by the police that night? Um, that morning or that night. Yeah. Okay. And he was dressed, not not the witness, the witness's best friend. And he was dressed in the clothing that was described as the shooter. He had long dreads and he had um, blood on his shoes and he was going to catch a bus out of town. And someone called in on him and he was taken in by the police and he was released. And then somehow they knew that my son and my son's friends were there as well. And my son had been really back, getting in a back and forth with the police. You know, he get pulled over. He was very disrespectful. I'm not going to lie. I know that for sure. My son was very disrespectful to the police. He hated them. He hated him. The boy he was running with, the police hated him. The boy that my son was running with, and so and but my son had love for him, and my son felt like they picked on him. My son would be very disrespectful, and I told my son not to do that. That it would come back to haunt him. And here and we are. Did. And here we are.
0: So this young man. He was the witness, not, not the one that they found blood on a shoe, but that was his best friend. So he was the witness. So he's described in the first trial as being reluctant.
1: Yeah, no, he, he wasn't reluctant. He said he didn't know. He, he said he didn't, he didn't see the shooter in there. He couldn't remember who the shooter was. He was answering the questions. He just wasn't giving them what they wanted to hear. And then the fight broke out. To me, I feel like he just was intimidated all around by the police, by the other hood. He was just intimidated. So, of course, he's going to come back. Because if anybody who messes with a murder investigation, you get arrested. If you're tampering with a witness, you get arrested.
0: So, in the second trial, when you read the, the news articles, it's clear he said, Charles was the shooter. He identifies him. So he, at this point, is just really saying what and at, needs and to at be that said.
1: Point, and at that point, he has some charges on him himself. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. He has some charges on him himself that could lead him in jail. So he, what we call now, my friends, is a snitch.
0: So that there's the snitch. We
1: That's learned about that snitch. last time.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then his friend that he may or may not have been protecting, but who was taken in by the police that night, he has since been murdered. Is that right? What you said? Yes. So Charles was convicted in his second trial. And I want to read a little bit from the sentencing of that trial. So he was convicted and then they have the sentencing and during the sentencing, and I know my my mom was down there with you when they brought in a child psychologist who interviewed Charles and they talked about Charles's life. And it in it, this child psychologist said that Trotter did not display signs of a cold and callous temperament that would lead her to conclude he was irreparably corrupt and deserving of a life sentence. She said, although he was raised in less than optimal circumstances, He still has warmth and caring for other people, which is my personal experience with Charles. But you had to sit in there and listen to them talk about Charles's childhood and I'll just say this and I I don't know if my mom has ever shared this with you but she feels like that's the moment that broke you listening to them talk about Charles's childhood so I'm curious and I can see your face is changing what when you think back to that day and just hearing what was presented at his sentencing hearing what do you remember what did that do to you inside as they explained his childhood, parts of which you didn't really know.
1: It kicked my butt. One, because um, my son spent a lot of time in foster care. And when the system takes your children from you, they are to take your children and place them in a place that is better than you. They're not to put them in a place that causes grief and turmoil. The children have already been traumatized, one, by the dysfunctional living That we lived, they're supposed to come into some proper living. So here they are with a culture shock. Then, if a person is displaying emotional or physical abuse or aggression toward a child that is in a world by themselves, because he was by himself, he had his siblings, but they were by themselves, they didn't have me or their dad to filter out anything. They were by their self. And the system was supposed to help them. First of all, I was supposed to protect them. But when I failed, they stepped in and they were supposed to. And a lot of the caseworkers would rather believe they believed the foster parents, then my children, or even the things that I told them, because we were so verbal, they had us picked as some liars and troublemakers. But we would just be telling the truth. Um, My son, Charles, used to say that this woman used to hit him, and they never believed him. The woman messed around and hit she got. they sent her a little white boy. She hit the little white boy in his chest and caused a bruise on him. That is when they removed Charles and Caleb and the little white boy. That is when the worker did something then. I don't know if she moved Charles and Caleb because the woman couldn't have any kids. Or if she said, oh my goodness, this little boy was telling the truth all along. My daughter's Chanesha told me some woman used to whoop him with the things from the blinds. Um, And then her kids, her teenage kids would do that.
0: When you think about that day at the trial or at his sentencing and him getting minimum of 50 years, is it? 40. 40. Minimum of 40 years. What did that do to you?
1: It just made me angry, made me hate everyone who played games with me, made me hate people at my former job who went against me, made me hate pastors, um, people who didn't come to support us. It had hate in there, but I knew that I wasn't supposed to have hate. So I was trying my best not to let hate take over, but things at my home wasn't good. And I just started hating. I secretly started hate. I secretly started hating. My son was 16 years old, with these big, precious eyes. And he wanted his dad, his cousins, a brother, some male figure that would just, he could soak up. And he was surrounded by some Black male figures. And I just, I started hating them. Like, I think I I just figured that out today. I think I figured that out just now.
0: That's where things started to You had so many things going on and so many, I mean, I don't even know if disappointment is the right word, but I think back to that time and I I feel like so many people abandoned you. Yeah. You know, you had your job at Impact One and you were the face of Impact One. And then when all of this happened, they said, you can't be the face of Impact One anymore. And it just felt like person after person who, I guess I'll say it this way, benefited from you being the person that you are and you also being, having become a public person. A lot of people benefited from that. Mm -hmm. And from my seat, those people weren't there.
1: No, and... I I was sad, I was um, angry, and I tried to look at it from their point of view.
0: And I'm going to attest to that, because you describing this anger, I'm I'm sitting here going, I don't remember ever feeling like you were angry, because I never saw that, and you always wanted to be respectful. I I feel like my mom and I had to convince you, like, you're being... Used your being whatever. So it's interesting that you had that anger inside, but at the same time you were,
1: well, in my seat
0: very compliant
1: because I was like I didn't really know. Like I was getting angry, but I'm like no, oh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that. And so they just have to be this way because of where they work and what they do and all of that. Um, and it wasn't until the, the person so close to me threw me under the bus that I just was like, OK. Um. So you
0: went through. I mean, I think it was a very, very difficult Two years. I feel like my mom, in particular, knew you were crashing. She just had that mom instinct when she talked to you. I I did not recognize what was going
1: on. She probably knew more than I did because I was teeter tottering. I was teeter tottering. Like you're right, Barbara, and and I'm like, no, 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 and yeah. Again, so many things going on over two year
0: period. You lost your job. You have other kids that you're concerned about who are making really poor lifestyle decisions you've got regular life you've got a toddler justice at the time i mean you just have so many things going on and at the top you seem to be handling all of this with with grace and that type of thing and i mean i remember you like not being able to get a job because you have a felony record so you went from being the toast of the town to not being able to be hired for like the most basic thing because you have a felony record. Mm -hmm. And so now you've got money problems, all of this stuff. And then there's the famous arrest on the 4th of July. (laughs) And so I am having what ends up being my future, uh, Kylie's future in-laws over for the 4th of July. I'd left my phone somewhere for a couple hours And I come and pick up my phone, and one of my friends texts me and says, I think Barbara was just arrested. And I was like, What? And so I text her back. And so she sends me the news article that says that you were arrested. And then I start looking through my texts, and I've got Chanisha reaching out to me. And I'm like, What is going on? So we're going to talk about your arrest the next time. (laughs) Cliffhanger. Thank you to everyone for listening and we hope you join in next week.